You're listening to Pros Like Us, brought to you by NFL Draft Blitz. And now, without any further ado, here's Alex and Lou. That's right, gang. We are back and better than last week, we hope. Talked a lot last week about uh, some of the things that were happening and some of them became official. Uh, The Washington football team, the commanders, the sale is now final. Josh Harris, his group uh, owns it. Magic Johnson out there tweeting. I think he's got like 4% of the team for the time being. I guess the the next thing is, uh, what do they do? What do they do next? talk around that uh, perhaps they they change the name of the team again do a complete rebranding and completely wash themselves it'd be interesting to see d hop signed a contract and he got decent money from the tennessee titans that was a nice story to see uh he's getting like uh, i think 26 million can earn up to 32 i didn't see all the details or how much is guaranteed but for a guy his age to get that kind of contract this stage of the game right before training camp i thought was great for him hopefully you know the titans get a decent quarter their quarterback situation does kind of clear itself up and so forth but uh Camps are opening, the franchise tags went. Of course, the running backs did not get long-term deals and a lot of feedback from there. But here, Alex is is in. Out of any of that stuff, does any of it uh, hit your radar? And what do you think? Like you mentioned, D-Hop got the new contract. I just think that he went to the wrong team, Lou. The Tennessee Titans, I mean, he might get lost there. You know, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is going to be, all right, whether it's Ryan Tannehill or Levis or Malik, you know, Willis. I don't think they're good enough to feed D-Hop quite as much as he wants to. I just feel like this is the wrong team for him. And he might disappear into oblivion like A.J. Green did when he moved on from the Cincinnati Bengals to the Arizona Cardinals. And then we never heard from him again. This is not the team for him. I would have much rather him gone to like the Chiefs or the Bills where he can get fed his targets, where he can make a difference, where he can make a run at the playoffs and at a Super Bowl ring. Uh, The Titans are a team on a decline. He was not going to get this money from anyone else. I mean, I think they were pretty much in a in a negotiation against themselves. I think the familiarity with uh, with Vrabel was a big draw. He went to the wrong. The fact that they don't have a number one receiver and kind of Traylon Burks is kind of the the guy in waiting. But you know, we'll have to see. You know what kind you know what kind of skills he has. I mean, it was supposed to be an AJ Brown light, uh, but. Yeah, we'll we'll wait. You know, we'll wait and see. I mean, obviously he had a decent rookie year, but again, the quarterback position is still up in the air. You've got Will Levis sitting there, second round pick. Tannehill is he went to the wrong Tannehill. Um, he's going to put up numbers, but the bottom line is this: at his age, this was his last chance, really, to get a big payday, and you can't fault him for taking it. Uh, and hopefully. 
whatever. I mean, they, he has a good year. I don't know that the Titans are going anywhere. It is a pretty weak division. Uh, everybody's got their sights set on Jacksonville taking yet another step up, and they probably will will and probably will be the class of that division but Tennessee just you know year after year I mean they're very well coached I mean uh you know Vrabel will have them playing and they'll be in most of their games so uh I agree with you yes he would have been in a more dynamic offense somewhere else uh where it's not so run centric with Derrick Henry uh yeah it would have been much better for him but as far as getting paid and I guess familiar with the head coach maybe that had you know had a lot to do with it I don't know but this whole running back thing I, I think we're we're kind of beating a dead horse here I don't know that it's ever going to change I mean that's been the big talk all week you know on uh, sports radio on podcasts online anything streaming any shows uh, it's just you know what do you do about the running backs what are we going to do well you know the game has changed uh, you know you can't pay everybody. All all different position groups have kind of gone through this. The safeties went through this. Tight ends went through this. Guards, interior linemen went through this. Um, and just the fact that the supply of running backs is so much higher than the demand, teams don't have to pay the money. Again, I said it before, the, the, the position isn't devalued because – you can get value spending a lot less money and say what you will about analytics, what you feel about it. But the bottom line is the numbers, the data tell you that you can get very closely mirrored production from guys that you aren't paying 10, 12, $15 million a year to. You can get them as undrafted. You can get them later in the draft. Uh, you know, you control them for the, the prime of their career, right? I mean, if you, you take a first-round running back, you can control the first seven years of their career. You've got that fifth-year option. You can franchise tag. Now, I don't know that many teams, you know, are going to continue to do that for seven years, but you certainly can if you hit a home run. Bijan Robinson, this may be the biggest contract he gets in his career is his rookie deal. And I, you know, it's just the facts so you know austin eckler can complain about how much he's you know what he contributes to the team i mean unless they start going to you know completely uh production-based contracts which i don't know that the owners will ever go for that i mean i think they're looking for cost certainties and that's why there's a salary cap and the cba and everything else that goes along with this legally but but you know running backs right now it, it's not a great place to be financially because they are the ones that get beat up the most on the field and they're going to be the least paid. And it's like rinse, rinse and repeat, you know, have a guy in there, you ride them for four or five years. If you can, if you're lucky and then you just move on to the next. In a lot of cases, it doesn't even go that long. So, you know, guys, they say make hay while the sun shines, get paid as much as you can, as fast as you can. And, you know, cause more than likely, at the running back position before you're 29, 28 years old, you may be, uh, you know, looking for a job and, you know, having a hard time finding the league minimum. So anyway, 
we talked last week a little bit about the Netflix series quarterback, and it's been widely, you know, accepted. It's, you know, number one show on the platform, I think, for a couple of weeks. Uh, I think it's, uh, I don't know that it will replace Hard Knocks, but I think just the way they did it an entire season, uh, it's, it's an individual player at such a high profile position in all of sports that this could be something that's that sticks around for quite some time so with that in mind uh obviously you know unless you've been living under a rock last year they followed patrick mahomes they followed kirk cousins they followed marcus mariota so again the fun game to play and i'm sure we're not the first but you know we're going to throw our two cents in. It's just okay. Who who's it going to be for this season that they'll that they'll profile and follow around, and then you know we'll watch it next summer. So Alex, I'll throw, throw it to you. What uh, did you give any thought to this? Do you, do you have three favorites? I do, I do, and I've got a an all star lineup. Let's just say that I don't think because I mean judging from what happened last year. Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, Marcus Mariota. I mean, it wasn't an all-star lineup, but I've got one for you, Lou. I say there's only maybe one or two guys that can match like Patrick Mahomes in terms of the stardom, in terms of at the quarterback position. And those two guys are Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. So I would take either one of those. Joe Burrow is a lot more fun. He is more of a personality type of guy. He is really outspoken. He, you know, he he knows how to handle himself in in front of the camera. I think, you know, he's been to the Super Bowl already. Uh, He is the up and coming quarterback. I think he is already like becoming the face of the league. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So my tier one to kind of replace Patrick Mahomes for the second season would be the Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow. And then I would go with the guy that I feel hasn't arrived yet, but I think he is close. He's on the verge of becoming maybe that top three quarterback, and that's Trevor Lawrence. I think the Jaguars are going to have a huge season. I think this is like a step up in year two for the for Jacksonville. And I just think featuring Trevor Lawrence and how that team has evolved in general with the new coaching staff, with Doug Peterson coming over, I think it would just be a fun follow, not only to follow Trevor Lawrence, but just the Jaguars in general. And then my third guy would be a guy like a veteran, maybe at the crossroads. And I have two candidates. I would either go with Aaron Rodgers, because he has, he's been with the Packers his entire life, and now he moves on with the Jets, and that would be an interesting story. But I don't think the quarterback series will go in that direction, just because Hard Knocks is going to be featuring the Jets, and Aaron Rodgers is going to get plenty of airtime there. So my replacement for Aaron Rodgers would be Russell Wilson. I just think this here's another guy at the crossroads at this point. A lot of people are doubting him. He was one of the best quarterbacks for almost a decade with the Seahawks. A lot of people are saying that he's washed up. 
the, he didn't play well with the Denver Broncos. So this is almost like a resurrection story. So I would go Russell Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, and Joe Burrow. Those are my top three. Well, that's a great group. Uh, yeah, I, I guess no matter. I don't think we're going to get almost them. No ma- almost no matter which, you know, which three you take, it's going to it's going to be one of the best quarterbacks. Very interesting TV. No, no question about that. Because again, you do get the behind the scenes, and you get to know them. I think as people a little bit better. Uh, because I guess one of the interesting things is just to see how Kirk Cousins just runs his life during the season we're like these guys are so intense so driven so locked in during the year and he i don't know at what point probably one of the best quarterbacks within the last few years i think he just says okay tuesdays is completely for my family i'm not going to do anything football related and just you know be with his kids do things in the community and and you just get a just inside the guy and you can't help it i guess become if you weren't already a fan of his you become a fan of his so i get the human interest part of it uh is a big deal so again one of the best quarterbacks if we're looking at it like you said in the in these tiers you know i'm gonna go with again very interesting and the i guess the one thing that you'd like to see is is maybe what their home Home life, especially if they have a significant other. Now, in your case, you took Joe Burrow. I don't know that he has a wife, nor if he has a girlfriend. If she would, if she would, uh, I guess, accept all the added attention. My top guys, same as Jalen Hurts. I don't know much about this kid outside of what we've seen at Alabama, Oklahoma, and now in Philadelphia. And just the story from the beginning is, to me, is just so compelling. I would just love to see and learn more about it. His dad being his high school coach, um, you know, some of the guys that, yeah, that that he's been around, how he dealt with adversity at Alabama, and then again philadelphia where he's kind of is brought in was he really the guy they were trying to trade for rut like all that stuff i mean again it's history but i think they would do a lot of that but just interesting to see how he leads because you know his leadership skills are impeccable from what we understand from what we hear everybody you talk to so that i think that would be a great one for me the middle guy if you would and to me it is kind of like a mystery because again it's a guy you don't see much of they they were on hard knocks last year i'm talking about jared goff and you really didn't see much they didn't you would think the quarterback is going to be like the the showcase piece of this team but of course their coach and coaching staff was so colorful and so uh effusive that you couldn't help be drawn to them but they really i think maybe one episode they really zoomed in on Jared, his wife, his foundation, all that stuff. I think it would be fascinating, again, to get him to come out of his shell a little bit or just to follow him around and see see how that part of it goes. Because, again, you've got a guy that he's really good, but the feeling is he's never going to be great. And maybe I'm looking to to kind of match up a, a second Kirk Cousins type, but that's kind of the way I see Jared Goff. 
off is that, you know, if you look at his numbers, he's been pretty good. And last year he was really good, but you just, you know, you just hear the name. And for some reason we say, eh, whatever. I mean, he's never going to be great, but we'll see. But I, I think it'd be fascinating on, on his part. And then the third guy, which, you know, we've gone back and forth with this guy since since his days back in college and number one pick overall. And I think he's been on four teams now in the last 12 months. But I think, again, if he'd agree to it, falling around Baker Mayfield would just be amazing. Right. Because he's not guaranteed a starting spot in Tampa, but he's you would think he's going to be the starter. But just, you know, going back to the, the, the commercials with his, I, I don't know if they were married at the, the time, it was his girlfriend, but now his wife, I don't know, the progressive commercials. They were hilarious. And just maybe to see them behind the scenes, what just kind of what his life is like. Because, again, I think a lot of people have a perception of what Baker is and who he is and how he acts all the time. Or is it just for the cameras or whatever? But I just think he would he would be fascinating, especially again the, the turmoil where he started. You know, number one overall pick to now he's been again. This is his fourth team, I think, in like twelve months. So I, I think those would be my three. I'd, I'd like your three as well, but uh, I just think it would be so cool with the that you know. Mayfield being the third guy would just, I think, make the series for this year. I agree with you. I, I think Baker Mayfield would be interesting TV, especially another quarterback that has a lot to prove. I mean, he's, you know, he had a couple of good games with the Rams. Uh, now, you know, he's getting this opportunity and we'll see if he's going to be able to, you know, uh, he's going to, survive in the NFL. You already called him a backup quarterback, a third quarterback that should get into coaching. And you said that he should be an analyst, you know, for the Big 12 or for college football like Tim Tebow. So this is his chance to kind of prove that you can still be a quarterback for the entire season. I also think like a guy like Justin Fields. Justin Fields would be intriguing as well because he is a guy that came into his own a little bit more in year two. You know, the Bears did a lot of things in the draft, and, you know, they added a wide receiver and DJ Moore. And so Justin Fields is one of those quarterbacks that you want to find out if he could take that next step forward and be the save, Chicago. I also think, you know, they haven't, got, they haven't had a quarterback in so long. You can call Rex Grossman a quarterback, but overall, I just think that uh, Justin Fields would also be an intriguing story, just of a young guy that, that's trying to get into that elite territory. So that's another guy that I thought about. But Baker would be great TV. Logan. Yeah, absolutely. Great. I think that would be that would be just like perfect. But again, I mean, these guys have to agree to it. I also think uh, the younger guys, like you said, like the guys that haven't quite made it, made it yet. I mean, I've seen some people say, well, geez, you know, Anthony Richardson, these guys, I mean, he hasn't even played. I mean, I don't know that a team wants to throw that on, on, on a kid, you know, just coming into his rookie season and hell, I mean, Justin Fields is his third year coming up, but I think he's still kind of finding his way uh, at this point. So 
yeah, they're going to come up with three really good guys. I don't think there's any I also think question the success of it so far. The fact that you get to you know work with Peyton Manning, uh, at least in some capacity, as the executive producer of the show. So I just think it'll it'll, it'll be a great experience for whatever three guys that they pick, and and hopefully uh, you know hopefully it'll be as entertaining as this past series. All right. Well, speaking of heat, uh, it is summer. And there's going to be some guys that are under a little pressure this year. So we thought we'd take a look at uh, maybe two or three guys each that uh, that we think is, uh, you know, this this is, I don't want to say make or break, but they definitely have to kind of step up and really do something in this season or it could go in, the, in a different direction. Um, so why don't you lead us off, Alex? I'm going to go with Tua, Lou. And, um, you know, Tua is the starting quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. When he was healthy, he did perform at a nice level. I mean, he was a good quarterback last year, but he's got a lot to prove. He's got that durability concerns. He has this concussion thing hanging over him. So I want to, I want Tua to prove to the entire world and not only to myself that he can play for the entire 17 games because that's what it takes to lead your team, your team into the playoffs. You can't just play for 11 or 12 games and have your team at, you know, with an eight and four record and then you miss the next five games and you miss the playoffs. So I would say Tua has got the most heat on him. Uh, you're the quarterback of the team. You know, the Dolphins have have the weapons, have the wide receivers, have a good, you know, I think their defense is going to be good enough. Uh, it's it's all going to be on Tua's shoulders and the playoffs. You can't just play for a To me, it's, it's the same thing. You know, some guys just can't stay healthy in this league, like Jimmy G. And I think Tua has got to prove it to me. So he's the number one guy. On my list. How about you? Uh, well, you mentioned Justin Fields, and I don't have them in any particular order, but just because we just talked about them, I mean, they spent uh, you know they spent a lot of money on on their offense, draft picks. They made the trade, uh, moving, moving the playoffs. You can't just play for a moving off of the number one spot, and he's in his third year. So, I mean, he's, he made kind of a little bit of a leap last year, but again, all his big play now, again, his big plays are huge, but typically they've been with his legs, but you've got now uh, Mooney and Claypool as the other two. He's got two receivers there as well as bringing in DJ Moore. Okay. Uh, like I said, it's his third year. The playoffs. You can't just play for a year. And this group, this front office group, did not draft him. So, you know, you start coming up and looking at that, you know, fifth-year option. I think he kind of has to show this team, this front office, that he's the guy. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is gone. The division, you know, is somewhat wide open. Uh, you like to think that Detroit is just going to make that step. Minnesota's still there but but again you you don't know you know how much losing Dalvin Cook is is going to mean uh is the defense ready to step up for Minnesota uh they won a lot of close games last year 
they're probably not going to win those game, all those close games this year. So there is an opportunity here, but I think there's a lot of pressure on him now to show, okay, you got me these weapons. We improved, you know, again, on paper for the offensive line. I got to make this happen. I got to be more accurate. I've got to be a consistent player. Okay, I'm going to use my legs when I need to, and it's dynamic and it's spectacular. But the way we're actually going to win a lot of games is if I can control this offense and get the ball to my playmaker's hand. So he's really, I think this is a big deal. And it maybe might not seem like it because he is still kind of young in his career. But again, the dynamics, what this GM is is doing, being brand new. You know, Ryan Poles coming from Kansas City, building things a certain way. Uh, if he thinks the rest of the team is is ready or ascending, and the quarterback might, might be holding them back, there's nothing saying, "Hey, let's let's kind of flip the script here. Let's get somebody in here that that we can either develop or bring in a free agent that can kind of get these guys rolling." So. I think Justin Fields is one of those guys. Well, let's continue with the quarterbacks. I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson of the Cleveland Browns. Now he's a year removed from the drama of his court hearings and the actual suspension. And the Browns need this quarterback to play up to his ability. He needs to play like a $230 million quarterback. You know, the the salary that he got from them. There are no excuses moving forward because Watson and Kevin Stefanski and that coaching staff coaching staff have had all offseason to work together to kind of fit to formulate an offense that would fit his skill set. And let's make it more explosive. You know, the Browns defense is good. They've had an aggressive offseason. They've loaded up on talent. This is it. Perform now or just shut up. And you know you're not going to get rid of Deshaun Watson because he's getting paid a buttload of money. But if if this doesn't work, then Stefanski and the coaching staff are going to get the boot. And if you want to make it work, you got to do it in 2023. Last year was a different story. I mean, he was he was rusty. He missed a lot of games. He came back in the end. He didn't look like anything close to the quarterback that we saw with the Houston Texans. He needs to play up to the level uh, of his Houston days. If he can do it, this team is going to surprise a lot of people because they have a good defense and they have some weapons and they still have Nick Chubb, you know, in, in the backfield. So Deshaun Watson needs to perform this season. Well, I guess the big thing about that is the fact, you know, and you, you mentioned it. I think it's a good point is that, you know, he's got a bunch of guaranteed money. So whether, I guess, in his case, I think I, from a, I guess, a personal standpoint, I'm sure obviously he wants to play much better, but they're kind of stuck with him for the next three years. So that's, that's a tough, that's a tough deal. If, he doesn't regain that form. So from the team's perspective, 
And I think they're got they got to kind of be like praying, okay, let's get this guy rolling, whatever we have to do to make it as easy for him as possible. Because again, we made this huge bet. And again, this is this is going to be a you know a big year and seeing if the bet is going to come through or at very least maybe we break even on this thing rather than lose money. Uh, next guy again, it's going to be quarterbacks. I guess you know when you talk about heat, it's either quarterbacks or coaches, right? I don't know how much heat you know you feel in other positions. I guess unless you're you know going into a contract year and you haven't played well, but uh, I think you know Dak at this point. He got the big contract extension, you know, four years, uh, 160 million, whatever it was. I think this is year three of that deal, year two or three. I want to say maybe three, I think it is. Okay. So if this is year three of that deal, they have to be thinking, okay, we paid him this much. And this is this is kind of like the results we've gotten so far. Now it's not all on him, but he is the quarterback. So if you're gonna you're gonna command that kind of salary, you're gonna command all the criticism. So here we are. Uh, you know, they they won a playoff game. Now, granted, that game that they won, he was amazing against Tampa. But again, it was kind of a Tampa. Tampa team that came limping into the playoffs. They were at a you know losing record. They win their division. The division was just a mess. So I don't know how much we can read into that. But again, the two games against San Francisco the last two years, he did okay. But again, didn't didn't get them over the hump. So is this a guy that now, if you're look, you're going to extend him after this season because he'll just have one year left on this deal you're gonna extend him another four years or but now for like 250 million or whatever the hell the number is at that point uh, i don't know i don't i mean it seems to me jerry jones has got to be thinking this too i know he he kind of befriends these guys and so forth and they get kind of chummy so that kind of can throw things off a little bit but i would think any other team you be pretty leery about extending this guy again so i gotta believe they gotta win at least two playoff games for him to be put in that position to get that next extension so dak i think is going to be one of these guys that's uh feeling the heat i have a couple of other quarterbacks on my list but i decided to switch gears a little bit we we could go with all the quarterbacks here on this list but i decided to go with another position i'm gonna go with mikai becton uh new york jets high first round pick at offensive tackle he had a very good rookie season very promising rookie season but after that he hasn't played much i mean he's played played only in one game in two seasons due to injuries the Jets now bring in Aaron Rodgers to help revitalize the offense. So, um, Mikai Becton, uh, you know, the Jets declined to pick up his fifth-year option in 2024. So, he has a lot to prove here. This was Joe Douglas's pick. And so, if there's a time, this is the time to prove yourself a little bit. Can he have that turnaround? Can he take his game 
to another level. And it starts in training camp. He needs to win. Now bring in Aaron Rodgers, um, either the left tackle or the right tackle position. So we'll see what he can do. And, you know, I always, I always, I'm always like very, very worried about players that, you know, haven't done anything for the last couple of years. But I think there should be motivation for him because, hey, you want to, you know, you want to get paid in 2024 if the jets declined your option at least prove it he a very aaron Rodgers, good tackle a good tackle in this league and if you can play solidly then you can get paid elsewhere if you know the jets choose to to go in another direction so mikai becton i want to mix it up a little bit low i do have another couple <laughs> of quarterbacks here but uh, I'll go with an offensive tackle from the Jets. All right. Well, throw throw one of them at us. I I, I had uh, Aaron Rodgers, but I guess that's pretty obvious. I mean, just the, the money that he's Aaron Rodgers getting paid, uh, just the fervor around the Jets right now. He better have a pretty – he better have a big year or it's just going to be a mess, you know, all over – not just the press, but the coaching staff and so forth. I mean, there's a lot of heat on uh, maybe not so much Rogers him personally, but I think he's going to feel it. New place, feeling the shine of everything. New York. He's the you know he's like the conquering hero. Oh, right now that hasn't conquered anything yet. So if this doesn't go well, it's uh, you know it's going to land on his shoulders. So uh, that that was my last guy. Well, you could also go with like Jordan Love, Mac Jones. I mean, because Mac Jones had a solid rookie season and then just collapsed in year two. And you want to see if he can take his his game up a notch under Bill O'Brien. So you can go with those two quarterbacks as well. And Jordan Love, obviously, he's replacing a legend. And Aaron Rodgers, can he live up, you know, and become even half of what Aaron Rodgers was a quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. So I would say those two quarterbacks should be on the list as well. All right. So let's get off the quarterbacks for a bit, but then we'll, we'll quickly get back to quarterbacks. But uh, here we got, who do you want as your non QB that you would want to build or build, build your team around over the next five seasons, three, three to five seasons. Um, I just want to give you a, a little hint here. I chose a defensive player, which is way. way I, I also I'm, went. With I've the gone so player. far afield from my from myself, my tendencies, everything. If you've been studying film or the audio, that this is this is this is away from my my bread and butter. But uh, well, I'm, I'm thinking maybe it could it could even be the same guy, Alex, because. I mean, I if you, I, I know, I actually think, I actually think that you're actually, maybe you're probably not going to go with this because you hate the star. No, no. I mean, you hate the star no, on the helmet. No, no, that's exactly no. who I have. The guy's Micah Parsons. Okay, the good. Is, Very the good. The Very guy's good. Micah Parsons. Very good. Uh, he's position flexible. You could pretty much put him anywhere on the field and and he's going to be a dominant player, whether it's standing up, standing up, playing linebacker, coming off the edge. I think you can put him inside on passing downs. He could like split out and, and cover the tight end. I mean, he's just amazing. And the thing is, he wants to be great. 
and he's young. He's ascending. Uh, if you're going to overpay a defensive player, this is the guy to do it because he has all all the traits he's already had the you know production he's shown you from the jump as a rookie and i don't think that's going to stop uh you know barring any you know injury and you, i'm knocking on wood there hopefully that, that doesn't happen but uh, that this is the guy i mean there's no question in my mind if if there was one player this would be him well parson parsons is a great choice all right he's a a playmaker who has that versatility that comes along like once in a generation and so for all those people that are comparing him possibly to Lawrence Taylor or even just a little bit close to that it's already he should take that with a grain of salt and he should be very proud because he certainly made an impact for the Dallas Cowboys on defense for the past couple of years you can certainly go with like wide receivers, right? Justin Jefferson, uh, Jamar Chase. I mean, those guys deserve uh, a mention because they're young guys that are, have taken their game to another level. I think Miles Garrett also deserves to be in this conversation just because ever since he's entered the league, he's got like, I looked it up. He has the best pass rate, rush win rate in the league, like a full percentage point better than anybody outside of Parsons. And he also is a very good run defender. So Miles Garrett, it's just, it's a shame that he plays for the Browns at this point, but I think he deserves to be in the conversation for defensive player of the year every year. And then you've got cornerbacks like Patrick Sertain, Sauce Gardner, even though he's in his second year, but my God, I mean, the guy was was shut down. He was like Daryl Rivas-like. But I'm going to be a homer, Lou. You chose Parsons, and I like that choice. I'm going to go with Nick Bosa. I mean, he, he missed time with injury. I get it. But when he's been on the field, this guy's a monster. I mean, he just gets pressure. He's always in your face. He's always in the quarterback's face. And he's getting pressures, he's getting sacks, tackles for loss. It just, it, it's hard to kind of live up to it. You know, his older brother, Joey Bosa, you chose Parsons, and I Bosa is on another level. And when he's playing for the 49ers, when he's not injured, when he's on the field, he deserves your attention. He's getting double teamed, and he's relentless. He's always going hard on every snap. I would say Bosa is a difference maker, not only for the 49ers, but I think any team would be lucky enough to have him. And everybody wants to talk about Kyle Shanahan and whoever is playing court. You chose Parsons, and I love him. But San Francisco 49ers defense has been amazing the last two years. And Nick Bosa is a major reason why we're we're at the top there. So hopefully it continues, and I'm sure it will. And he is just the catalyst on that side of the field. So I think him and Parsons is the future for the next five or five, seven years. And I think it's a, it's a good spot to start with if you're not going with the questions. And I love 
Yeah, I mean, typically it's either the, it's going to be either the quarterback or the guy that gets the quarterback on the ground. And if you take the quarterbacks out, you almost have to look at, you know, who's going to impact the game most. I mean, we talked about how, you know, running backs are, you know, the supply is greater than the demand. Uh, pass rushers, I mean, an elite corner, I don't know that you can really build your entire team around an elite corner. So you're basically left with pass rusher and you know maybe you throw tj watt into that mix as well but it's a it's a pretty small group i think at this point and uh there are many other guys and maybe they could pop but if you're just saying okay this is who i want to build my team around i think those might be the three three or four guys you mentioned uh garrett you mentioned parsons bosa uh you know tj watt yeah you can't go wrong all right so before we get out of here i know it is again fantasy draft season i want to give you guys as as much as possible uh not saying that i win my leagues every year but i've been doing this a long time and i tend i i like to think i know what i'm doing so you i'm sure people will like uh you know slaughter these picks around but that's okay uh good luck in your drafts and uh, maybe some of this information will help you so anyway these guys are you know upper tier players but maybe you're being drafted at the bottom of that particular tier that they're in that i believe can win you your league okay so you talk about some of the top quarterbacks i think you know this year it's and and again this is no shocker but i believe the quarterback position i think lamar jackson might be your guy uh all the weapons they've added new offensive coordinator so you can tell the offense is going to be a little less run centric a little bit on Lamar's shoulders throwing the ball uh he's got an elite tight end uh hopefully OBJ is up to snuff Bateman comes back healthy uh you know you, you throw in the, the the kid from Boston College wide receiver the, the rookie uh Zay Flowers you know the running backs are, are still pretty good they'll have that in their arsenal but I believe that Lamar can certainly be quarterback one when it's all said and done. Now, he won't be drafted there, but, you know, you might have an opportunity to get a little bit of value if you get Lamar. Running back, this guy is the model of consistency. I've had him as a keeper for years. He's been, uh, you know, top 10 fantasy running back for the last four years. I'm talking about Nick Chubb. Now, again, there's nothing, you know, crazy here. There's no, oh my God, I, I drafted Nick Chubb and every you get oohs and ahs. I mean, no. But I think without, you know, Dearness Johnson, without Kareem Hunt vulturing some of his touchdowns, I think see his point total go up. Number two back now there, I think, is Jerome Ford, formerly of the University of Cincinnati. I think this will be his second year. So not as much experience. He's still going to get a lot of of action but i think that the goal all the goal line snaps or at least 90 percent of them will be chubb whereas in the past you always and i always try to draft both guys you know to have kareem hunt but it always seemed like it was every time you know hunt would come in you know and whether it was a flare you know out in the flat or 
whatever, Hunt gets the touchdowns. But 24 points per game average when Hunt doesn't – when Hunt was not in the lineup or was injured. So Nick Chubb kills you a little bit in PPR. They don't throw the ball a bunch. But, again, I think you'd be pretty solid with this guy. A couple of wide receivers, again – no big surprises here, but guys that aren't being drafted, say, in the top 10 or 15, maybe even even top 20 at their position. But Garrett Wilson, which obviously just a rookie last year, huge upside, huge upside. And they're playing with garbage at quarterbacks. I mean, 83 catches, 1,100 yards. He only had four touchdowns. But he averaged 17 points a game when Mike White or Joe Flacco was the quarterback, which would have been wide receiver number seven. Okay, so now you give him arguably, you know, one of the you know the top three or four quarterbacks ever, at least talent-wise. I got to believe he's going to have a huge year and could certainly roll up into the top ten of all wide receivers, maybe even be pushing top five. So I like Garrett. I like Garrett Wilson a lot. Um, we talked a lot about Debo last show. I think his running mate kind of he, he falls under the radar. I think you know Brandon Ayuk when he first came to the league, he was kind of in in uh, Shanahan's doghouse at the beginning of the year, and yeah, he was kind of in and out and so forth. But the guy's been pretty productive every year. Uh, he's He's averaged over 700 yards, five touchdowns. Last year, he's over 1,000, eight touchdowns, a little bit of a breakout for him. I think he's going to continue to ascend. I loved him at Arizona State, thought it was a steal for the Niners to get him, and I think he's going to put up, up maybe top 20 numbers when, again, I don't think he's going to going to be a top wide receiver in your drafts. Uh, we talked earlier as well about um, – Quarterback in Chicago, Justin Fields, and why we think maybe he's prime for a big season, or at least he's going to have that pressure on him. DJ Moore has been a wide receiver two or three with, again, awful quarterbacking in Carolina. So if you believe in Justin Fields, then then I think DJ Moore becomes an elite player in Chicago because again you've got Mooney to play with him you've got Claypool on the other side you've got Cole Komet so he's got his his uh players around him that are going to draw some attention it's all going to come down to the quarterback so if you feel comfortable with Fields being the quarterback I think DJ Moore again not that you wouldn't have him you know as a top 20 receiver or top 30 receiver but i think he's got an opportunity to move into the top 15 and then finally kyle pitts if you don't get one of those if you don't get kelsey you don't get andrews you don't get kittle uh, i think kyle pitts again had that monster rookie season but from a fantasy perspective wasn't that i don't think he scored a touchdown it was some weird statistic might have only had one and then last year had the mcl tear was kind of in and out but I think now with Desmond Ritter coming in, what the the confidence they've shown in him, and then adding Bijan Robinson in the backfield, Drake London, another another year in the league can kind of again take some attention away. I think Pitts 
can be that tight end. And again, if you don't get one of those top three, that he should definitely be the the first guy off your board if those guys are gone. So just some rapid fire picks. Uh, Alex, I don't know if you any thoughts, additions, deletions, comments, fire away. I love the Garrett Wilson pick uh, just because he proved, you know, that he can be one of the top wide receivers, young, up-and-coming wide receivers in the league without a real quarterback with Mike White, Zach Wilson. Now he has Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers hasn't had a wide receiver like this since Devontae Adams, and he loves, you know, those guys especially you know on third downs in the red zone so i think him and garrett wilson are going to be a big hit in new york so that's probably one of my uh that's probably my favorite pick as far as you know those six players that you picked out all right very good well gang i think that's going to do it for us this week uh camps are opening up i know that the jets are working i believe the browns are working the chiefs quarterbacks and rookies came in earlier this week uh veterans will report over the weekend so and all these other teams obviously are going to be reporting around this time as well so it's coming gang uh, i think we're less than 50 days away from the opener a uh, lot of stuff going on so uh listen in we, we're gonna have more premium stuff you know more fantasy stuff as we come along whatever stories are being featured we'll hit those for you as well as some surprise stuff that uh, alex seems to come up with every single week so for my pal alex i'm lou till next time Peace.